Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energized Thrust. You have to introduce the main man. Yeah, we're, we're here with another clone tarp heavy here. Ian Ward is here and he's joining us for this podcast. Uh, his full story will go out on Wednesday. Is that correct, Basmo? Yeah, yeah. But uh, he loves fighting almost as much as we do. So we said we let him on for the fighting portion. It's not something we normally do, Ian. So I hope you feel privileged. Uh, very much so. White privilege. The whole works. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Basmo, kick us off there. What's going down on today's show? Okay, on today's show, we will be going over all the action from UC 254, Khabib and leaving and returning, undefeated 29-0 record. And then uh, we'll be looking at this weekend's UC Halloween, we'll call it, Uriah Hall is taking on Anderson Silva, who's also meant to retire. We will be looking at Bellator that's out on Thursday, and there is boxing on the weekend as well, as Alexander Usyk takes on Derek Chisora. It's going to be a heavyweight clash. Lads, there's loads of action. We were originally going to go over... Ian's, Ian's story but um, it was actually so touching and um, deep that it deserves its own show so we'll have that out later on the week and um, Ian's going to make sure he's going to comment in the comment section and we're going to pin that so if you want to check out Ian's channel definitely do because uh, some big things come from you know but um, lads let's start at the very 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 top Khabib Nurmagomedov defeated Justin Gaethje over the weekend by submission in the second round um, Ian we should start off with yourself Going into this fight, Khabib was obviously 28-0. What did you expect was going to go down? And exactly, exactly what happened. Exactly what happened, yeah? Yeah, I mean, like, he's just... It's like he has learned how to... Like, a special move that no one else has been able to, uh, to counter. It's like, uh, who's the first guy to... One of the Gracies, um, when they first started the UFC? Henzo. Henzo Gracie, yeah. And it was just like... He did something that was completely game-changing to everybody else. It was like, oh, okay. So being a striker is just not, like, exclusively being a striker is not an option anymore because this thing exists. It's like Khabib has done that again where it's just, like, a certain level of wrestling if you have that. Even though loads of lads go in as, like, you know, prime wrestler, as a prime BJJ specialist. But, like, he's just, his takedown is just unstoppable. It's relentless. Yeah. I actually think that was Hoist, not Henzo. But yeah, yeah same point. Same <laughs> point. Oh, yeah, Hoist, Gracie. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt. I was like, just go with it, lads. Just go with it. <laughs> but, uh, people know anyway. Um, Ross, actually tell Ian about uh, how Hoist Gracie shakes people's hands with it. <laughs> yeah, so what's called, we've met Hoist Gracie like three or four times, which is such a random person to met so many times. But when Hoist Gracie shakes your hands, you know the way, like, I'm going to try and do a two-person handshake for those watching it on video, and you sort of shake your hands like that. But he looks grabs yeah. you by your wrist. He's lo- always looking for risk control, that fella. <laughs> so uh, he, he's, he's a very, very funny man. So he's also like, like, a, like the Roman handshake like, yeah. on the forearm. <laughs> yeah, he, got, he grabs you and goes the forearm yeah, straight away. No messing with him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I went to give him a hug one time and tried to pull guard me. I was like, Jesus, no messing. <laughs> no messing. But, uh, yeah, that main, that main event was so interesting. One thing that I, I really thought about is, you know, for the first two minutes, away, no one did anything. That yeah. like built yeah. the tension so much. I was like, oh my God. I started to get nervous then, even though I didn't actually care who won. Uh, and then I thought Gaethje did really well on the feet to start off. I thought his leg kicks were on point. Uh, he landed a few uh, decent shots on Khabib uh, to the head as well. Khabib landed a bit as well, but nothing never seemed to really phase Gaethje. The one thing I always think about Gage is he looks knackered after the first minute, but he sort of goes at that knackered-y looking pace for the full 25 minutes if he has to. 
he always looks like he's he, he's about to blow his load. But uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe. But once Khabib got gauged down for the final 40 seconds of the first round, I was like, that's not really a big deal. Like, he's definitely not going to finish him in that time. But then once Khabib got him down in sort of the first 40 seconds of the second round, it was like Justin Gaethje had never trained on the ground before whatsoever. He was straight into full mount and just put that triangle in. Uh, a lot of people were talking about the ref and how he didn't stop it. But it's very rare you actually see someone like tap on someone's face or their head. <laughs> Therefore, I think, I think the ref actually thought Gaethje was trying to punch him, but he wasn't. He was uh, tapping out straight away. And then the lights went out in Georgia. Khabib and Magnum made off. Rides off in the sunset. 29-0. Undisputed and undefeated. You're a lightweight champion. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see someone who's transcended into the superstar that Khabib has. I know a lot of it's down to, you know, his fight with Conor McGregor. But, you, you know, you had the likes of Paul Pogba sharing uh, Khabib on their story and stuff afterwards. Ronaldo. Uh, it was, uh, Ronaldo as well. It was, like, pretty big moment, really, in the world of sport. Um, I don't know. I thought it was quite emotional as well, obviously. The loss of his dad like severely impacted him and said he, he never wants to make that walk again without his dad. There's also rumors of a broken foot three weeks out from the fight, which probably led to him struggling to make weight. Michael just said he didn't make weight. It was just a whirlwind of a like, couple of hours leading into the fight. And then the fight itself, it was just typical Khabib fashion. Took a took, uh, gauge down. And like I describe it as like submerging someone underwater who doesn't know how to swim, like they're eventually just gonna drown. And everyone seems to drown in Khabib's ground game. It was there, there like after the win, like I know we were watching it together, but like it wasn't even like a, it was such a strange thing because usually we're like on such a high after a main event, like and the way he like dropped to his knees and started crying, it was like this you swear Khabib didn't even know how to cry. And then when he was down on the ground crying, it was just uh, such a touching moment for such a like brutal sport. It really, really was. Yeah. Uh, and then Justin Gage then went over and like sort of, you know, gave him a hug. And it was just, it was just a, a beautiful moment of two absolute world class competitors. Um, yeah, he's a gentleman with that one as well. Yeah, you know, I don't think people expect any less of Gage either. That just seems to be the type of character. Uh, Justin Gaethje is. But the main talking point of Khabib winning and retiring is what is his legacy in MMA? Is he the greatest to ever do it? Uh, he he wanted the pound for pound number one spot before he left. What's your guys' thought on whether he is the pound for pound number one fighter at the moment and is he the greatest of all time? Take a Ian, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, like he, I think he would have probably made it had he stuck in, but... I don't think he got that title just because how long has John Jones been defending his title? So he's literally fighting the best people who are possibly available for, uh, for the fights. But Khabib, you know, he, he went there and he took down so many huge names. But even though it's like, it's so credible for what his achievements were, it's like, yeah, but you got to do it a couple more years, man. You got to do it to earn that like unquestionable, you are the pound for pound best you have to wait it out a little more because, like, John Jones has taken down so many people who were, like, hopefully going to go and to beat him. Like, this guy has a chance. How is John Jones going to do it? He kind of – he had to uh, change some of his tactics. And that's sort of – that's 
appealing to people as like, you know, Muhammad Ali, he starts off as a guy who's just able to avoid all the punches so fast. And then later on, he just became a guy who could just take hits like no one's business. Um, Brian O'Driscoll started off with a guy who's just unbelievable at speed. He's just able to skim past people. But then later on, he just became a defensive genius. And like, you know, uh, that's something that Khabib hasn't done. It's like he's a master of that takedown game. And it's all he's ever needed. But yeah. it's like normally you've got to see that someone can sort of expand to like any sort of realm and take down any sort of opponent, fight any sort of adversity and just get over it. And it's not like I want to try and detract from his ability to do that. But there's something about having that title of pound for pound greatest that you need to be flawless in your, um, your, your push for that title. Right, what's your thought on it? You see, like, I saw so many people being like, obviously on our post we put out, so many people were like, so-and-so's go, so-and-so's the go, or else you can't really compare them. I think, it, like, I think it is really, really hard to compare them. Like, first of all, through, like, different times people fought, although John Jones is still fighting, and Jordan St. Pierre was toying with uh, potentially coming back and fighting Khabib, but now Khabib's retired. But um, if we were to name, like, the top five, or even we can go to the top three, would you agree that it's, like, Top three would be like Khabib. Oh, you see, you have Mighty Mouse Johnson as well. Ross, you, Ross, you're obviously you, you. You give us your top five. Who you think is the goat? And then we'll we'll discuss who do we think is the goat. Well, for me, I, I really thought about it when I first when obviously when Khabib won retired. You know, like you just think about it. So so you it was what you see latest is the best. You know what I mean? Uh, Number one, I would say Khabib is the current pound-for-pound king. He is the best fighter on the planet right now. If you take John Jones right now, what he, his abilities, and you take Khabib's abilities right now, Khabib is the best pound-for-pound for me, okay? But if you turn GOAT status, great of all time, you know, tire body of work, Khabib is only doing what John Jones did at the start of his career now. John Jones' Shogun, Machida, Rashad Evans, Quinton Rampage, Jackson run now, Khabib is only doing that run now, and he's retired. John Jones did that run and then beat the next wave of guys. So John Jones, for me, is by far and large the GOAT. You know, he also beat Alexander Gustafsson twice, and he beat DC twice as well, who are also two of the best light heavyweights. And DC could be, is one of the best heavyweights to ever do it. So for me, John Jones is undoubtedly the best fighter to ever step foot in the cage. People can say, drug test this, drug test that, whatever. But when all is said and done, and people have walked out. He has won 15 world title fights. Khabib has won four. Like, there's no comparing the two when you put it that way. In terms of capabilities in the octagon, it's different. But in terms of actual achievements, there is no, absolutely no difference uh, or no comparing, comparing the two. The other two who used to be sort of in line were GSP and Anderson Silva. They were always there. Uh, Anderson Silva definitely has, like, demolished his sort of stigma by keep on going and fighting all these guys way past his prime and racking up a load of bells. GSP, for me, is the ultimate mixed martial artist. He can mix it up on the feet. He's relentless with the takedown also. And he'd be number two for me. Uh, I'd put Anderson Silva in at three. Probably could be before. And then Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. Just because with Mighty Mouse, he was actually so brilliant. He had so many title defenses in a row. But at the end of the day, he was beaten by uh, Cejudo, and he never came back for that rematch. I mean, he chose to go fight elsewhere. If he came back and won the belt back off Cejudo, I think people would hold him in a lot higher regard. 
Although technically they they're one and one now. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. But you know, that's why that's where our trilogy was set up, and that's where you know, look at Steve Bay DC. You know, if they never fought a third time, people would always be like, who was actually the better? Yeah. And like a lot of people have like like they they. It depends what way people do it. Steve Bay as well, actually, Basmo. Steve Bay never gets his due. Yeah, but so he's not one of the six. greatest of all time. He actually, he's still one against DC, and like DC would be on some people's list because he held held what well, 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 You know what I mean? But like, uh, like a lot of people would have like a, they'd be like, right, I like John Jones because this, or uh, like people mm-hmm. say Conor McGregor because he was the first ever champ champ. It's it's all about taste, sort of. Mm. But uh, Ian, like, like if you're looking at it now, what, like, who would you say is the best ever? Oh well, definitely like Connor. Like, you know, I love the man; he's great and all. But like, you know, just because you catch two belts first and no one else was really trying for that, uh, I think it's a ridiculous opinion to like jump in and be like, "Yes, I'm the first person to like, you know, uh, be 55 and then uh, the 145 at the same time." It's like if someone was out to do that, they could probably do that. Like, lads change weight all the time. I'm not trying to detract from the fact that he is unbelievable at his striking game. But in terms of like the greatest that ever did the thing, nah, there's, there's too many lads out there that have already been mentioned. Like, it's been a while since I've seen Demetrius, but like, good God, I, like, I started to sort of reveal, um, reeling back some of his fights. I can't remember who he's fighting, but you remember when he got that arm bar? Ray Borg. Mid, mid-air. Mid-air, And yeah. it was like, like the lads that are like larger in size, they just don't have, as uh, Joe Rogan said, they just don't have gravity mucking around with them like you know those lads have. But still, the skill involved to be able to do mm. that is, it's just freakish. And Henry Cejudo, I know you can't really call him uh, a goat, but like you know, uh, to be able to take down Demetrius Johnson and then some of his title defenses. Like, it's difficult to like the guy because he is the king of cringe. And I don't know, some of the, <laughs> the things he puts out, it's just like when he's putting his belt to bed. It's like, I know yeah. he's kind of doing that with, um, with like tongue in cheek at this stage. Yeah, I think yeah. he is taking, slightly taking the piss. But then I also think that it's kind of like, um, who, who's the guy who made that film The Room? Oh, I, I know, I know the pedal you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Wuso, something Wuso, Tommy Wuso. That's it. Yeah. So he, I feel like he's a bit like him, where it's like everyone started going out. This guy is so cringy, and then he just kind of went, uh, "Yes, it was my intention. I'm the king of cringe." He just sort of went with that, rather than like, "Yes, I'm going to be the cringiest guy on um in the UFC scene and sort of make my that my my knowledge, my legacy, or whatever." Yeah, well, DC always said Henry Tudor was like super cringy, even back in like the Olympic days. And like, yeah. that's who he is. Like, that's, that's sort of who he is, except like he's embraced this character. You know, yeah, he's, shown yeah, up on, yeah. he's shown up on wrestling shows like Vitor Belfort as like some sort of thug and stuff. You know I mean, like, he's definitely just a big wrestling fan. Yeah, Colby Covington like, is freak there, wishing he could do all that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, like, like I do, a lot of people do get carried away with like what happens right now. You know I mean? It's like. He's the best right now, so therefore he's the best ever. Because like, if you're looking through waves of people like jumping mm. on the world of mixed martial arts, like myself and Ross, like we've noticed over the last few years, the, like more and more people are putting out polls saying who's going to win, and you never even knew they watched the sport a couple of years ago. So like, people that would have jumped on it now would be like, obviously Khabib's the best, twenty nine and all. He beat Conor McGregor, you know what I mean? But then like, if you look back at when George St Pierre was dominating, mm. and even John Jones right now, but. Um, 
It, yeah, so, some people will also get name recognition mistaken for capabilities and talent. You know what I mean? Um, if you look at someone like BJ Penn, you look at his record, you go, Jesus, that's like a phone book that you know what I mean? But if you look at people BJ Penn's actually beaten, you're like, fucking hell, that's fairly impressive. So, again, it's not always all about the numbers. Robbie Lawler as well, like, I think he's racked over 10, not 10 or 11 losses. But, you know, he held the gold in the end. And then, even look at Michael Bisbing, uh, who, well, I think he's about 30 and 7. But he eventually, eventually got to the gold. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think people, from a casual standpoint, will look at someone's record and go, they're not that good. But when you get to a certain stage in your career, all you're doing is fighting the best boys over and over and over again. Yeah, and like who knows how far Israel Adesanya's reputation could go as well. He could be a future, greatest. Yeah, definitely. Um, he looks like an absolute phenom. Yeah, definitely. And who knows, he might end up fighting John Jones. If John Jones beat Adesanya, that would definitely be another notch on uh, John Jones' belt. But if Adesanya could beat John Jones, well, then like that's a serious call for him to be go down as one of the greatest of all time. The first person to be John Jones. That would be like such a stamp to put on your career. Man, that's yeah, like, he's the second time, man. Get it right, would you? Oh, sorry, Matt Hamill. I forgot. I forgot how well he did by uh, headbutting John Jones' elbows. There we go, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a win's a win, you know. Matt Hamill, <laughs> ultimate fighter, a goat. I'm sure, I'm sure ultimate you fighter goat. Say a win is a win when you take it like that. Well, like, like Ian, who who be yeah. like your favorite fighter ever? Oh, favorite now. Oh, I think weirdly enough, one of my favorite fighters out there was uh, Brian Ortega, because like just the I can't like the way he would fight people was just so forward stepping, and then just afterwards him being such a happy guy. Like you never know. Like he's a Yeah, Brian Ortega, I'd say, would be easily one of my favorites just because he's such a, uh, an out-there and creative fighter. Uh, like his match with Max Holloway, who would also be in the same sort of uh, category as that. Yeah. I, like those are, every so often there are fights where I'm completely, I don't know who I want to win. And that would be one of the biggest ones because they're just so, so loose and so open. And like they could take it to the ground, they could take it there. They, like you could be striking in some capacity, it could be like leg kicks all sorts of things and you just you never know what you are what the result is going to be and uh, like that's one of the reasons why GSB is such a uh, regarded as one of the biggest goats out there is because he does the exact same sort of thing you could finish someone in any way imaginable and it would not be uh, a surprise they could like he could win on points he could win by submission he could win by knockout so it's completely open like that Ross, who's your favorite? Uh, so, so, Ian, your favorite is Brian Ortega. And then who do you think the GOAT is? The GOAT, I, I would say, uh, for a similar sort of reason as Ross found it, I think it is John Jones because it's just like the record for how many people he's beaten that are top level. It's just so long. It's been going on for so long that it's almost people – forget why he's considered the greatest of all time and it's like he's never really dropped out of the game that long either it's just constantly coming in knocking someone else out moving on to the next thing and while he's not in his prime he still is like taking down anyone who comes in and tries to you know throw hands with him exactly ross who's your favorite ever fighter 
My favorite favorite fighter is George St. Pierre. Uh, thank God we got to see him at UFC 217 uh, win the middleweight title to become champ champ status. Uh, yeah. been, we were there, you know. Uh, it was an absolute great time. He is my favorite ever fighter. Um, and then in terms of go, like I think I outlined it earlier, John Jones. Yeah. What about you, Bosmo? Someone better ask you. I can't believe I can't believe he didn't ask. I actually like this is gonna this is gonna sound bad, right? But I know in hindsight, TJ Dillashaw was uh, was had a few picograms in the body, but uh, when he fought, it was just uh, I, I knew there was like I, I was like he's on a different level. Now we found out he was on a different level because of what he was taking. But when <laughs> watching him fight, I was like, oh my god, this is unreal. So, and also, also you went to his after party at UFC. Two seventeen, man. Yeah. First person, well, you welcome to me into the party, man. I know that's actually we were at his uh, after party after beat Cody Garbrandt. That was actually hilarious. But uh, does that count? Can I count that? I yeah, don't want to be like he's my favorite ever. Who's your favorite right now that you can think of? Yeah, just the way he fought. Uh, also, I'm a big fan of Max Holloway as well. Ross's best mate. But uh, like, you know what? Like, I, I actually, I think I have to agree with both. Just giving it to the pound for pound is John Jones. Just what he's done. I know with the picogram stuff as well. And like, I'd love to be able to give it to Khabib or I'd love to be able to give it to um, George St. Pierre, but just the absolute murderers that John Jones has, uh, has taken down and made look very amateurish is uh, something you just, that can't be denied. I think what he does outside of the octagon is going against him, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you would almost hope he was like more like Khabib, but uh, we're lucky. We're lucky. No, that it makes it more like, impressive. Yeah, he's gone off to doing drinking, drinking alcohol and doing cocaine binges, and then still coming and kicking your ass like <laughs> with a hangover. So, uh, but I think I think the next question is, Baz, where does the lightweight division go from here? There's five prime contenders ready for a title shot. You have obviously Connor versus um, Poirier. Looks like it's going to happen at UFC 257 in January. Uh, Justin Gaethje was the interim title holder going into that fight. Tony Ferguson's always there, thereabouts. And then Michael Chandler, UFC's newest signing, is there as well, who got a lovely little promo uh, on the pay-per-view. So those five look like they are all going to be holding the UFC lightweight title. They are. You look like you have a bit of smirk there. You, you look like you have a bit of a conclusion of uh, where this will go. So what, what's your take on it? Who, me? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, the other, the other, the, the, the other, other Ian. the other Ian. <laughs> well, for a second there, the Zoom thing sort of went like, zzz, so I didn't actually know who you were saying. So I was like, was I smirking? Think about it. Uh, oh, I really don't know. Like, you know, the thing is, is that they're so open that anyone could take on anyone. Like, Connor, who knows what kind of condition he's in at the moment. Like, his last fight against them, um, Cowboy was amazing. But at the same time, it's, it's sort of like, has he been on, like, insane sessions? Like how how much has he been obeying COVID rules? Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. Like you know, he's he's a wild card. So, it, and the thing is, like if he then ends up being like the champion again, and like how many times is he going to retire uh, when someone tries to challenge him for that? Uh, is like uh, Poirier just going to like? It, I think if Poirier gets the win, I reckon he will actually retire forever for once. Like you know, he's. Like, Khabib, unfortunately, he's a man of his word. I cannot see him returning. It's very sad. I would, I would love to have seen him keep going and keep going. If only to see him dethroned it away, because, like, who could do it? He's, like, he's a, yeah. it's a master class. But, like, you know, Conor says he's retired. It's like, you know, it's like the, 
It's like uh, who keeps co- uh, like, it's like an alcoholic stuff. saying that, it's like an alcoholic <laughs> saying they're going, not going to the pub this weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just a normal Irish man saying, yeah. "I'm only going for two. I'm only yeah. going for oh, two. two. The dreaded yeah. two. Yeah. yeah. Or, or or the Sunday hangover when I go never drinking again. It's like Friday <laughs> night. It's like where are you, man? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the teenage thing. I'm never drinking again, man. This is so bad. And then as you get older and the hangovers get worse, it's just like, look, I'm not going to say that because I know it's not going to happen again. Yeah. I might so, session less. <laughs> but do you think UFC 257, UFC is going to put the belt on the line, Connor versus Poirier? 100%. I think it makes the most sense, most money. Dana White is like, yes, there's a belt. Well, I think so. It is already a pay-per-view. And then if you look at actually terms of like caliber, uh, Poirier went to beat Hooker. Uh, he's also beaten Gaethje as well. So that almost yeah. like rules Gaethje out of the title fight. And then, you know, he's already matched up against Conor, Conor former uh, UFC lightweight champion. He also won his last fight, fight against Cowboy. I know it was at 170, but like both those guys can make 155. Like Ferguson lost to Gaethje. Yeah. And then Michael Chandler, like I don't think as a Bellator fighter, they're going to be straight in for the UFC title shot. I think they might actually try and put Tony Ferguson on the under uh, as the co-main event for that with Michael Chandler. And then, you know, if an injury happens to either or, Tony Ferguson will step in as a lightweight contender. I think that's the way to do it. There's yeah. also the element that Connor is apparently the only person to ever beat Khabib in a round. That is true. That is true. That, it's, I, I got, it's insane to think that, and he still doesn't qualify as the goat in a lot of people's eyes. He's never, yeah. he's lost one round, not a fight, a round. Yeah. So never been, never even caught. Probably not. No. What about? No, no, they, they showed Khabib's, they showed Khabib's faces after like his last eight opponents. You know the way they used to show Tony Ferguson's opponents' yeah. faces, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, they showed Khabib's face after his last eight fights, and it looked like he, it was before rather than after. But, uh, <laughs> Ross, what, what sort of spin are the UFC going to put on this Conor McGregor against Poirier fight, knowing that both guys have lost Khabib? This is for the vacant title. Like it's going to be, it's going to be for the vacant title. I think most of the time when we predict stuff like this, we tend to be close enough. Like yeah, what, way, what spin is the UFC going to put on it? Return of Mac, uh, Conor McGregor, the biggest UFC superstar of all time, is back and he's fighting for the belt. Uh, I think very little will be said of Khabib, and not in a you know disregard to Khabib but anything said about Khabib between those two puts a negative shine on them so yeah, it, it might even go back appeal. to play up their build up of UFC 178 as well you know because this is a rematch as well Mystic Mac was born at UFC 178 was he yeah yeah alright before we move on lads who wins between Khabib and George St. Pierre Ross you go first well, it is a dream fight that will never probably happen. Look, if this happened two years ago, I'd have my money on GSP. But as time goes on, father time will catch up with GSP. GSP will probably be 40 if this fight was to happen. And Khabib's only 32, so I would have to say Khabib. You know, the only Ian yeah, in the room. I, I would be, even if they were at the same age, I would still go with Khabib. I think he would actually be able to... <laughs> To get the win, <laughs> I think he would, because it's like you've never seen him, like even not even on the pressure. Like he's all even like uh, Gagey in round one. You know he's there clipping at his legs and he's you know getting good strikes in there, and you know he's still just the Terminator yeah. walking towards him. 
And even the takedown yeah, that he got in round two, it was after Gaethje nailed him with a really good leg shot. And somehow he did this like monkey maneuver where he got around his back. Like, he's yeah, but George St. Pierre said he is not impressed with his performance. Intoxicated. I can't be being. Lads, I, I think this could actually happen. Like, I, like, I know Khabib, you can tell he's a man of his word. I don't, like, I'm not against that at all. But I, I think he just I, needs mad permission, doesn't he? I think yeah, he just needs to be like, God. <laughs> it's the 29, it's the 29 and 0. It's like here, like, after the New Year comes when things sort of settle down, when he joins people, when he, when he joins people, uh, goes, he corners people, he'd be like, you know, he might get the taste for it again. He's like, you know what? 30 would be perfect against. George St. Pierre to settle this once and for all because people are going to be going on who's better Khabib, George St. Pierre I think like if they had that that would just be unreal like the five fans want it but who really knows who really knows um, yeah, they're, it, ne- they're never going to be able to name him as the greatest of all time because then he'll just be like okay cool definitely going to retire now <laughs> it gives him a reason not to they have yeah, to also, say no he's not if George St. Pierre comes back and then he beats Khabib he moves into my number one spot for the GOAT that's the yeah, thing. Uh, same. Yeah, yeah. It's proven it. George and like, comes back like two years off, comes back with the middle of the way title, two years off again, comes back and beats Khabib. <laughs> like, that's it. Yeah. George Stop the lights. But in my opinion, that would mean like he'd be like a, a three-weight world-class champion as well. Especially if, you know, if CSP went down to 155 and did it. Yeah. George said after on Ariel's show that he would, if Khabib had called him out there, he would have agreed to it. So like, who knows? Watch his face. But uh, also in the co-main event, Rob Whitaker got the decision against Jared Kernier. I, I felt like this was only really gone one way, lads. Yeah, what's called? You could see Robert Whitaker was a, a step of class above Jared Kernier, just in terms of skill level. Kernier always had the dynamite to maybe to be able to get it done, but Robert Whitaker put on that beautiful performance, and it, it, he really, he really just used the jab to set up uh, this victory. I, he hit it in behind that jab perfectly, and. He didn't know for me to be like, I think he deserves another title shot. Whether UFC will go that direction with Adesanya, I don't know. But in my opinion, he's the clear number one contender at middleweight. Is that yeah, what, I agree. Is that what you'd like to see next? Yeah. Adesanya, Vince Whitaker? Uh, in a way, I would. But I, like, on the other way, it's like the, because the two fighters are so active, it's like this happened yesterday. <laughs> like yeah. it's, uh, but like, that's I, one of the things I, I think you're right. about Adesanya, he's like, he's so, he's, he's the champ. And he's like, you know, yeah, give me a fight, give me a fight, give me a fight. He waits no time at all. It's not like he wants to stand on his laurels. I think he wants to do the same thing as Khabib, where he's like, he wants to be known as the greatest of all time. He recognizes that in order to do that, he needs to be just killing people as often as possible and being as class as a striker as he is. If he comes back and he's, you know, not injured, he'll be just like, yeah, sign me back up. Roderick Ritiker. I don't know if he wants to be the greatest of all time, but he certainly wants to have the title as much as possible. So, like, the two of them are very similar in that they're, they're in the way they're gold out to each other. So, I think they'll take it. Yeah, I don't know if there's just been enough time for Robert Whitaker to make the adjustments to actually be better than he was this time to get the job done against Adesanya. That's my only fear for our mate, Robert Whitaker, Basmo. <laughs> I have a feeling Adesanya is going to find Ian Blackridge to become the champ champ. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. Uh, the low heavyweight division could do with a bit of Adesanya uh, star power. Yeah, and then Whitaker could fight someone else for the actual vacant title then. Well, Ross here, we have to give a few honourable mentions for the weekend. I'll, I'll start off with one. Uh, Alexander Volkov defeating Walt Harris. Yeah, it was a very impressive uh, victory for him. And then I'm going to give a shout-out to Lauren Murphy. A few people give out to her saying she cut a very cringy promo after the fight. But... Uh, 
it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If she's just sat there and go, I'll fight whoever the UFC wants to give me next. No, she went out there, dominant victory, and she called her shot. So she could be next in line to fight Shevchenko. Ian, any honorable mentions from the weekend? I mean, it's not uh, a, a so super obvious. I mean, I am picking the main man, but like, I still think how he got that takedown from being hit, it's like the ultimate counter possible. I think it's got to go to Khabib for what he did. And then also just to hold his, uh, to hold his emotional status together. And then you can see how much it flushed out of him afterwards. Like he was clearly carrying a lot of, a lot of baggage with him. Yeah. 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 Uh, we have to give a shout out as well to uh, our good mate, Sam Alvey, getting that monkey off his back and getting out of the losing column into the draw column. So like that's somewhere <laughs> to build upon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not many people get in the draw column after coming on the Enjoy show. Just <laughs> Sam Alvey. <laughs> that is just Sam Alvey. But uh, lads, this Saturday, it is Halloween. Ross, are you dressing up for Halloween? Are you dressing up Theo or anything? Uh, yeah, Theo's going to dress up as a pirate. He likes a pirate, cart- or he likes a pirate TV show, so that's what he's going to do. So he's, uh, he's, only, he's only one and a half, uh, Ian, just in case uh, you're like, what age is your kid? One and a half, so uh, he's uh, a horror animation. Ian, are you going to dress him? Absolutely. Absolutely, I have a lot of like. I have more spending money that is gone on like outfits for like various YouTube things. Like I will drop it. That had to be able to have the opportunity. It's awful that all my mates that live in London, none of them like dressing up. Every birthday I have, I tried to find an easy way for them to do it without having to spend money. Like uh, I think for my third, it was like, all right, it's opposite gender. So you just find someone who's the same size as you and you wear her dress and she wears your suit. And still nobody did it. Like, it's so hard to get it out of them. And then I think also on the principle of the matter, you, you don't really realize it until you go over to the UK, but they do not celebrate Halloween big at all, at all. So yeah. I've got I've to do it for the, for the inventors, the original inventors of Halloween and like, you know, go out to the Celtic blood out there. Yeah. And if that doesn't go well, like you can always dress up as Chuck Liddell. Oh, you need yeah. the handlebar mustache as well. All <laughs> uh, I have to do is just shave off and get a head start on November. Yeah. Ross, I think me and you are doing the same, aren't we? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we're also going to do a movement from November, I'm going to call it as well. I'm going to try and do 500,000 steps over the case, uh, over the month of November. Nice one, nice one. Jeez, uh, half a mil. Right, How yeah, far is that in distance? So it's like... 80k a week, maybe. He'll tell you once he finishes it. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know. So, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you tend to like do stuff when you say you're doing it, really. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, Barrett giving me that UFC glove. But we'll move on to this weekend. <laughs> right. So, your Royal Hall is taking on Anderson Silva. Uh, Ross, the background story is like your Royal Hall, when he was on the other fighter, had one of the best at knockouts we'd ever seen. We were told this was the next Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is now fighting for his last fight ever. What are you expecting from, from this, and uh, Ross? It, like Uriah Faber or sorry not Uriah Faber Uriah Hall had like potential like no other when he was on the old fighter he yeah. really did look like he was going to be the next Anderson Silva he has like such good like quick tw- uh, twitch muscle um, in him and he looked like he was able to beat everyone Chelsea yeah. and like also thought he was going to be able to beat everyone but he seems to have so much self-doubt and I think that's always his biggest issue that like he never backed himself if that makes sense and um, I think he's going in there against Anderson Silva it's almost like you know the master versus the protege in, yeah. in this case and uh, I think Uriah Hall will win this fight I think he'll probably 
get a TKO maybe in the second round. Just Anderson Silva is what, 43, 44? He's, he's too old. He has too many miles on the clock. It would be nice for Silva to go off in the sunset, but I think he's, what, got one dodgy win against Derek Brunson in the last five fights. Yeah. I'm just not feeling Anderson Silva getting a win here. But I would love to see a vintage Anderson Silva like, front kick knockout to finish off his career. Oh, but my God. It's probably not going to happen. He's like, give me another 10-year contract. I'm back. <laughs> Ian, I'm back. You, Ian, what do you, what do you expect him this weekend? From I, would, I would expect the same sort of thing. Like, you know, Silva has... He, I think he just still does it because he loves fighting itself. I don't think he actually goes in there with the intention of winning. I think he just goes in there because he wants a scrap. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, I think at this stage as well, like he has lost. So, I know he's gone against some really good players, but like you know, he has lost so many of his latest fights, and everyone likes seeing him because even though uh, he's not as good, like of course he's not as good as he used to be, but um, he still fights fun. Mm. He still does crazy things. And there still is that sort of that, that magic about him where it's like, you know, this guy could still win. There's no reason why he couldn't do like, you know, that insane elbow thing that he did where he like yeah. came up from the bottom. Like there's, he still would want to do something mad like that. Like I think he goes in to sort of like anyone who's playing, um, you know, playing five aside with their, their friends or something, they go in for a, they could score a goal, but they want to try and do like a bicycle kick or something instead just to get a couple of laughs out of your, their mates. I think that's how Anderson Silva actually fights still, where he wants to, to do something crazy just to be like, you know, oh, <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, he just wants to perform really, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah I think that. Yeah. It's like a uh, rock star more than a, more than a sports athlete at this stage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the MMA fighters are the modern day rock stars. Like, I think it's just the way it's blowing up. It's these, these people are uh, mm. real rock stars. Uh, I'm going to go for your Royal Hall as well. I just think Anderson Silva is too, a bit too long in the tooth and uh, he really knows what he has left in him. But then, Anyone else uh, put on that card, Basmo? This card is actually all right, Ross. I'm not even messing. Like, Andre Tuchifidi is fighting Bryce Mitchell. Um, oh, Bryce Mitchell get a sub there. He's an animal on the ground. Yeah, then Kevin Holland is fighting again. That fella fights every week. He's, he's probably in there more than Shmaev. Uh, Maurice Green's taking on Greg Hardy. Like that's uh, that's a battle of the big dogs. And then Bobby Green's trying to take that uh, Kevin Holland crown of fighting early every week as well. Like th- this, this is a very good Halloween card. I'm not even gonna lie. It is, isn't it? It is. It is. But um, if you cannot wait to to the UFC for Saturday, for Bellator's Saturday, on Thursday. Bellator the, is on the middleweight matchup you've all been waiting for. Gegar Mousasi versus uh, Lima, the welterweight champion. Basmo, are you excited or what? Um, do you know what? I am very excited for this. Uh, Gegar Mousasi, uh, our mate from... My Bellator, mate. Our, our mate from he's Bellator. Still, well, he still has my belt. He has, he has actually got your belt. Um, Ross, are you, are you, did he give you a shout to carry it in from this week or what? Uh, uh, what's called, I was meant to, but then COVID is after hitting, so I can't actually carry it in from anymore. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know, man. I think... What's Pete think? Pete, Pete's there in the background and he's going, are you messing Musashi this week? But uh, I do think Musashi's going to get the job done. As we sort of spoke to everyone, they have said that Musashi is like a bigger version of Lima. And once everyone has, someone has the exact same skill set except it's slightly bigger, you expect them to get the job done. So it does matter when everything else is equal. Yeah. Ian, what's your take on that? I'm not actually much of a Bellator uh, follower. I'll be perfectly honest with you. The, like, the way that I was ended up following the UFC so much was based off of uh, how we wouldn't watch it at uh, Saturday nights. And then me and my, uh, one of my mates, <clears throat> who's moved back to Australia, so I'm going to have to restart the new hobby. 
uh, we would watch it early in the morning the next day. So we would like, uh, we would download it, of course, legally. It definitely wasn't a legal thing to be downloaded. And then we would watch it and like make sure that we avoided all social media so we could watch it without like, you know, any sort of uh, streaming issues or anything like that. And we would um, not know what the results were. So then that's how we would always do it. And while we would sort of follow some news from Bellator, uh, because it wasn't that same sort of habit that we were in, like we wouldn't want to watch UFC followed by Bellator because it would just be too long of a day to do it. It would be like, you know, five hours or something. Uh, so and we just rest. never sort of had, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so we just never had the sort of the, the full investment to, uh, to want to have that long of a, uh, a watching series. Cause we, he also would be really into doing the, um, the NFL and that always happens in and around a Monday uh, and a Sunday as well. So then he would then hang around my housemate who would be into that. I'd, I'd watch it from an arm's distance, but like then, so it was like a whole day of sports. So it would be too much to add more stuff in. So I'm not going to act like I'm uh, knowledgeable and all the sort of things. So I think I'll bow out of this one. All right. I thought you were going to say a draw. But, uh, <laughs> I know, but like in fairness to say, to say like to, piggyback off what you were just saying there like myself and Ross obviously knows from doing MMA shows that a lot of people would be way more into the UFC than Bellator now the Irish audience has grown a lot more because there's a lot more Irish fighters on Bellator but it seems like Bellator now has shaped up their what they they're putting out the events they're, they're, they're now putting the next this one the next three events on Thursday so I think they're going to try and make it Bellator on a Thursday so just so they can get more people in they're not competing as much with the UFC well, I think from a fan point of view, no one actually loves to see the two organizations directly competing against each other. Everyone wants to be able to get in as much content as they can for whatever promotion they can. So I do think uh, I'm happy Bellator's on a Thursday. I'd probably rather it was on a Friday, but yeah, Thursday here. will do. I'd rather Friday. I don't, I'm not really too mad on the Thursday, but like uh, as long as you don't have to pick one or the other, mm-hmm. it's better. But uh, a few people to look out for as well, Nick Neal. Uh, Ian, if you're not aware of Nick, he actually fights with one arm, uh, one hand. Yeah, he's missing a hand. He was born. Oh, I, I, I am aware of that guy. I think I've seen footage of him before. Yeah. He's, like, he's not just like handed that, to, uh, that uh, opportunity to fight like that because it's like uh, a unique selling point, but he's actually like puts people down. Yeah, yeah he, fought, he fought Justin Gaethje before. Yeah. <laughs> For the title, wasn't it? Yeah. In yeah. World Series of Fighting, which is yeah. now PFL. And he was also on Dana White's Contender Series as well. And then, uh, Ian, are you a fan of wrestling? Uh, what, like WWE? Yeah. Uh, like I would watch it in the sense that like it would be highly Nostalgia. entertaining. I, as a teenager, uh, or as a child, I loved it. And then when I started uh, becoming a teenager, I started going the complete wrong way. Being, oh, it's fake. I'm not watching it, lads. It's fake. And then when I got into my twenties, I was like, yeah, it's fake. It's fun though. It's really fun. That's not the intention. It's not about being like uh, a not, real thing. It's about make the sort real. of like you know. Yeah, but, uh, like the rock burst in and being like, you know, you can't say that about me. Ah! Like, I'd love to go back and get into it. But I think like you kind of need to uh, have friends who are into it too in order to sort of build up a, uh, a reason to sort of see it with other people. So I would be far interested in doing that sort of thing. But uh, at the moment, there's not enough sort of, um, <laughs> of my own mates to chat about it. No, don't worry. Don't worry. I wasn't going to ask you who won a hell in the cell yesterday. I was just going to say, uh, if you remember Jack Swagger, Aka Jack Hager, he's actually fighting on this card as well. So like it's they're they're trying to make some waves in the mixed martial arts scene. But uh, that's on Thursday for people to check it out. I actually think, uh, I think Vasasi's going to win it as well. But then uh, this weekend as well there is boxing. 
and it's been headlined by uh, Usyk. He's taken on Derek Chisora in the heavyweight division. Ross, Alexander Usyk, 17-0, and moving up to the heavyweight division. 12 rounds. What do you expect from this? What do you expect? Uh, I'm, I'm expecting Usyk to go out here and beat Chisora. Uh, I expect him to do it inside the distance. I think he's far more of an athlete than Chisora is. And uh, David Hayes done a good job of telling us how good Chisora looks in his training. It's the best training camp he's ever had. He's knocking people out left, right, and center. But we've seen Usyk. He's a different animal. He is someone that everyone in the heavyweight division should be uh, looking out for and fearful of. And he's he's my pick for, to get the job done. You know what about yourself? Don't watch boxing. <laughs> you're, you're off the box. That's good enough. I'm going oh, you're off the hook, man. So you can't get the call wrong. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going for <laughs> Usyk. I'm going for Usyk as well. Just, uh, just even the videos we've been putting out this week have been unreal. But uh, yeah, Ross, you have to. Who's been? The, you have to. You have to give an honorable, honorable mention before we sign off. Yeah, uh, my honorable mention is to Ian Ward down below. Uh, he is the Roman Reigns of Clontarf. There's a nice <laughs> WWE reference for you. You know what I mean? So, on the Eno. Yeah. Uh, right. That that sort of covers everything for the week. Uh, bearing in mind that obviously the Champions League and. Uh, the Six Nations is back this week. But uh, Ian, I want to thank, thank you very much for coming on again. For people that have watched the whole entire show through, we'll be putting out Ian's show, just everything that he's gone through. Uh, like, I mean, uh, he's a great story. And uh, Ian, we're going to link your website in the bio and also we're going to pin your comment as the top comment to check out your content as well because uh, some big stuff is coming from yourself. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you back on at some stage, uh, definitely pre-marathon anyway, to hype that up for you when you do run it. I hope that doesn't give away the next video, but you'll get to see all about it. So guys, uh, thanks a million for watching. If you have watched this, make sure to check Ian's video on Wednesday. If you're watching this on Wednesday, there's a video coming out today. So make sure to like, share, subscribe. And as always, stay energized.